This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Time for the Consumer News of the Week. Have you noticed that gas prices have been a little easier to take lately? Those drops in gas prices have helped slow the annual inflation rate to 3.1% in October. That's down from 3.8% in September. Prices for goods were up 1.6%, while prices for services rose 4.6%. Those services include stuff like travel expenses and, of course, rent and property taxes. So the big question is, with inflation apparently easing a little bit, will the Bank of Canada give us a break on interest rates? Well, the governor of the Bank of Canada says that fighting inflation half-heartedly would be a big mistake. Tiff Macklem said on Wednesday that interest rates may already be high enough to bring inflation back to target, but he still wouldn't rule out raising them even more if inflation inflation doesn't continue to go down. BC's finance minister, Katrina Conroy, says she's very pleased that the federal government has designated $15 billion toward housing, but the money is needed now. Conroy says she's concerned that the money isn't set to start flowing until 2025. She says the province will keep on track with its housing agenda, but federal help would be welcome. It's tough being a poultry farmer these days. It's extremely stressful because of the avian flu as the flu season tears through farms in the province. That's according to the BC Poultry Association. They say that some groups are even offering mental health referrals to farmers as flocks are being devastated by the disease. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says the avian flu has spread to 39 BC farms this fall, forcing poultry farmers to destroy almost 5 million birds. BC Agriculture Minister Pam Alexis says the province has been working with farmers and the agency to limit the further spread of the virus. There was lots of corporate intrigue this week going on in the world of high tech. OpenAI is the very famous startup company which introduced the world to the ChatGPT chatbot kicking off the world of generative artificial intelligence. Earlier this month, OpenAI suddenly and mysteriously fired their CEO, Sam Altman. He's generally considered one of the worldwide pioneers in the field of AI. That caused a huge outcry from employees who threatened to quit. And then, early last week, it was announced that Altman had been hired by Microsoft to head up their AI division. And it's worth noting that Microsoft is a big shareholder in the open AI company. Microsoft owns 49% of the shares. But not long after that news went public, it was suddenly announced late last Tuesday night that Altman had been rehired by OpenAI. And the board that originally fired Altman has now been shown the door. They've been replaced. The company still hasn't really said why he was fired in the first place. One industry expert was quoted as saying that all that turmoil turmoil just shows how fragile the AI ecosystem is right now. And a new Walt Disney movie hit the theaters this weekend. And if you love great animation, you may want to check out this, this movie in the theater. 
The film, called Wish, honors Disney's 100th anniversary this year, and it's full of great stuff if you're nostalgic for some classic Disney. The film's co-directors say they tried to reference as many animated Disney films and projects as possible. And Wish is in Vancouver theaters uh, as we speak. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Coming up, we're going to talk about cars and all the options that are out there now, whether electric or gas-powered or a combination of both. We'll talk to James Carter from the Carter Auto family. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back, Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when you think about family businesses in Greater Vancouver, uh, I can't think of a name that uh, is recognizable I think, as Carter, especially when it comes to cars. The Carter auto family has been a constant in Canada for literally 100 years, and a good part of that 100 years has been here in the Lower Mainland. And with me now is the grandson of the Carter who started it all, James Carter. He's the president of Carter GM North Shore in the North Van Auto Mall, which is just one of the many Carter dealerships in the Lower Mainland. Just go to carterauto.com for all the details. Uh, James Carter, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Martin. It's great to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Yeah, and I guess the the big question, the first question is, when is the all-electric Camaro going to be available? Because that looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Unannounced as of yet. But uh, yeah. yes, there's some uh, there's Corvettes, Camaros. We've got uh, well, of course, everything has to be electric by uh, by a certain uh, by 2040. So, and here in BC by 2035. So, um, we are uh, definitely moving in that direction. But you know, we're uh, there's there's some there's some complications that need to be overcome for sure. But uh, we're working on that. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure when they come in, we'll all we'll all hear about it. But let's let's talk generally uh, about the state of the car market because we've been through so much in the last few years because there was COVID and then there was this sort of uh, supply issue and uh, and now we're in a position of high interest rates and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about just the general state of the car business and the the what's going on at Carter GM North Shore. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been great, and, uh, and thanks for giving the history of uh, of our company. By the way, it's uh, great. Yeah, we started in Winnipeg a hundred years ago, and and my father moved the business out here in 1963, and we've been going strong ever since. So, uh, yeah, and we're still loving the car industry. The car industry is a, a, a great business to be in, um, and right now it's uh, it's going well. You know, there's there's been uh, lots of new brands kind of coming onto the market over the last uh, decade or so. And um, there certainly seems to be enough room in the market for, uh, for everybody. Um, you know, as you mentioned over the, the last <clears throat> three or four years, we've had definite challenges with COVID and uh, uh, where nobody knew what was going to happen. And then that, uh, that sort of shut down um, a lot of our supply availability uh especially from asia 
um, uh, mostly to do with microchips because they mostly come out of Asia and China and Taiwan and 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 the Far East. Um, so that that's been an issue. And then um, you know it was kind of mixed blessing for uh, us as as car dealers because um, you know even though we didn't have uh, inventory. Uh, for for people to kind of, kind of come and walk on the lot to buy, um, you know, it was a mixed blessing for the consumers because they could basically order whatever they wanted and not be uh, settling in a lot of cases for for what was in inventory. And, and for us as dealers, you know, of course, we didn't have any carrying costs during that time. Um, um, but as as things do, they that's coming to an end now. Um, and we're starting to, you know, we're starting to have inventory on the lots, um, depending on, on brand. Like, <clears throat> I think we, um, we had virtually uh, no cars in inv- inventory as of two months ago, and um, I've had about uh, thirty trucks of, of, of thirty, you know, truckloads of cars arrive in the last two weeks. So all of a sudden, we've gone from from famine to feast in the, uh, in the inventory side of things, which is a great opportunity for, uh, um, you know, anyone who's in the market looking for cars and also, um, uh, electric vehicles as well, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but, you know, for the first time ever, really, we've actually got electric vehicles in inventory, you know, they're not all pre-ordered. So, um, there's an availability for people to come and look and drive and do all that kind of stuff and uh, um, not just sort of uh, look on the internet and, and see what they want and plop down their plop their, their deposit before they come in. So it's yeah. good to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a great time to actually, uh, you know, smell the car, you know, go to Carter GM North Shore. Because I guess a lot of people for, I mean, myself included, um, have never had a fully electric car. I've had hybrids. Those were the cars I've had. Uh, but so a lot of people have never driven an electric car. So it might be fun to go and have a test drive and see what it feels like. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a very different experience. People are really surprised um, most times because when, you, when people think of a, an electric car, they are thinking of, of a, a hybrid a lot of times, which, um, you know, to be honest, the hybrids are great, but the performance oftentimes isn't the greatest. Um, but with an electric vehicle, a fully electric vehicle, you get 100% of the power immediately as soon as you put your foot on the accelerator. And so most people are super surprised by the actual performance of the car and, um, and how, how quick it is and how quiet it is. Um, so it's quite something. So if you have a chance um, to come on in, uh, come on in and drive one and see what you think. Yeah, it's at Carter GM North Shore. Uh, you can find them online, cartergmnorthshore.com, part of the Carter Auto Group. And uh, yeah, like uh, it, it seems like a, a great time to, to try out different cars. And let's let, like, what's, what's a car that you're really excited about? What are some of the vehicles? You, you mentioned all of these truckloads of vehicles that are arriving. What are some of the, the vehicles that are really exciting to you? Well, it's been interesting over the last few years. Um, 
because during the chip shortage and the availability shortage, most manufacturers really poured, especially General Motors and Ford, because a, a large part of their um, portfolio is pickup trucks. Um, and those are very profitable for them. They're the number one selling vehicles in North America. So they poured all of their resources into, um, you know, building pickup trucks. Whereas in Vancouver, we're not much of a pickup truck market. Obviously, we still sell some pickup trucks. But mostly, if you're driving around, you'll notice what what uh, is on the road are the sort of small SUVs, small crossover utilities and we really haven't had access to those for the last several years. And finally, um, we're starting to see them roll in. So, you know, as far as from my perspective, the new Chevy Trax um, is, uh, has been getting huge reviews or, or positive reviews in the media. The Chevy Trailblazer, um, the Buick and Vista. Um, so a lot of those vehicles are, are starting to roll in now. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, people are just loving them at this point in time because, uh, you know, we, we haven't really had anything in that sort of price segment for quite a while. Everything's been quite a bit more expensive. So these, these vehicles are kind of in the 20000 to $30,000 range. And, and uh, that's where a lot of people, that's where their, their desires kind of lie at this point in time. Right. So that's that's pretty interesting because uh, you, you mentioned one of the big misconceptions that people have about these electric vehicles is the performance. And they're very gutsy, uh, as a matter of fact, and people are often surprised by that. What are some of the other things that people are surprised about when they come into uh, <clears throat> Carter GM and test drive an electric car? Well, you know, we have, I was saying that a lot of these smaller cars that we have are, are actually internal combustion, like a traditional engine motor transmission type of vehicle. But on the electric side of things, people are surprised. Like I say, they're surprised at the performance. They're surprised at the quietness. They're also surprised at, uh, at the, uh, at how little they cost to operate. Um, you know, with an electric vehicle, uh, you can charge up at home or you can charge up at work. Uh, while you're while you're there, so it's not taking anything out of it. Public charging infrastructure still probably has a little ways to go, um, but we're working on that as far as uh, as as an industry uh, to improve the charging infrastructure throughout British Columbia. Um, but really, you can you can charge up fully for you know pennies to a to a few dollars really, and uh, and you have great uh, range. Most of these vehicles now have you know, over a couple hundred kilometers range. So they're great city vehicles to drive around. Um, and oftentimes you, you know, you find favorable parking spots. Um, so there's lots of, there's, there's lots of huge advantages to having an EV. Of course, the, the, uh, you know, the um, HOV lanes on the highway as well. Um, and in the city in a lot of cases, but uh, yeah. So there's, if you go- there's lots of, lots of advantages to having an EV. I'm driving one right now. Actually, my whole family drives electric vehicles. So, <clears throat> Yeah, because if you go to Ikea, you can park right at the front <laughs> of an exactly. electric vehicle. Yeah. So what are, you, what are you driving right now? I am driving a Chevy Bolt EUV, which is 
you know, there's two types of the Chevy Bolt. One is the Chevy Bolt EV, which was the original one. And then the EUV, electric utility vehicle, is a little bit bigger. Um, it's got a few more features on it. Um, but I've uh, got about uh, almost 500 kilometers of range out of it on a full charge. I can drive for a week and a bit uh, with my driving habits and have no issues. Um, I have a I, I installed a charger at my house, so uh, I can charge up. I just plug in at night uh, when I need to, once a week, and um, I'm all set. Wow. So how long does it take to, to fully charge uh, a typical electric vehicle? Well, that's a, a bit of a loaded question because there's right. so many different types of, of chargers. So, um, oh. Uh, you know, the, the charger I have at, at my house is what they call a level two charger. Um, so it's basically the same kind of a 240 volt that like you run your dryer off. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I can easily get a full charge if I plug it in before, before bed and wake up in the morning, I'm fully charged up. Um, and then there's the, you know, the rapid chargers, which, um, BC hydro has them scattered around. Uh, and we have several here at the dealership where you can plug in and you can get up to a full charge in a, in a couple hours. Right. Right. And, and we should mention, uh, the incentives for, for building a charger in your home are there. And when we come back, I want to talk about those incentives because not just for, uh, you know, like building a charger in your garage, but also for buying the vehicle, they're quite substantial. And we'll hear about that uh, when we come back. I also want to ask you about the used car market and uh, what are the trends there and uh, what are we seeing on the lot at Carter GM North Shore? You can go to cartergmnorthshore.com or go to carterauto.com as well. We're talking to James Carter from the Carter Auto family. And uh, we'll be back with more when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. We're talking cars with our friend James Carter from the Carter Auto Family, Carter GM North Shore. Dot com. Uh, he's the president of Carter GM North Shore. Uh, they are part of the Carter Auto Group. And, uh, and you know, no doubt know that name, especially if you've been listening to CKNW. They've been in the car business for a hundred years. It's amazing. Uh, and uh, they've been in Vancouver since the 60s. And it was your grandfather who started it all. And I guess, uh, I guess you probably think about your grandfather every time you uh, drive up into the, onto the lot. I do, and I have a picture of him right on my desk, uh, him with his, uh, with his four sons, all of whom were in the, in the automotive business as well. Um, and so, uh, and then, uh, so we're third generation now um, and uh, still working away at it every day. So, yeah, yeah. I... Uh, I do think of Uncle Charlie or, or uh, Grand, Grandpa Charlie. Sorry, I'm, it was my cousin calls him Uncle Charlie, but you know <laughs> my my uh, my grandfather Charlie, who uh, had an interesting uh, interesting life. He came here from England from from a place called Devizes, and he got into the car business because he was taking a train after the war to Edmonton. 
and uh, um, he ended up having a whistle stop in Winnipeg, and he got off the train and happened to wander into the car dealership and uh, got in a conversation with the sales manager, and they ended up hiring him as a salesperson. So he never got back on the train and went to Edmonton and ended up establishing his life uh, in Canada in Winnipeg. And uh, eventually he bought... Uh, uh, bought his own dealership in, in 1920, and uh, we're still here. Incredible what one little simple twist of fate can can lead to. And, you know, uh, you know, 100 years later, the whole family is still involved in the car business. And I wonder what he would think of this, this new trend, the way uh, electric cars are kind of, um, you know, revolutionizing the car business. Yeah, it was. It's interesting, but you know, back in back in those kind of uh, times, the early 1900s, there was a bunch of electric cars around. I actually had one parked here in my showroom um, for quite a while uh, from the Vancouver Electric Vehicle Association, and uh, um, they were they were kind of, you know, it was still in in the, the automobile was still in in its infancy, and it still wasn't at that at that time they hadn't really decided which way it was going to go whether it was going to be the electric or whether it was going to be the gas but obviously the gas won out in the long run i think mostly due to to range you know obviously people wanted to you know take further trips and go farther afield so but uh, it was interesting they were still they were fooling around with electricity back then too yeah, I've heard that. It was, you know, kind of like VHS beta and one just one out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other one disappeared. Well, let, you know, since we're talking about electric vehicles and just the, the supply of electric vehicles that are available now at Carter GM North Shore, um, there, there are a lot of advantages. But one of the main advantages is uh, all the incentives, not only for building a charger in your home, there's, there's money from the government there, but also when you buy uh, an EV, uh, there are a lot of incentives. Let's talk about those. Well, there, yeah, there's, like you said, there's incentives for installing a charger in your home. So you can um, apply up to uh, 50% of the cost of it in, in installing a, uh, a charger in your home up to $350. Um, under the Clean BC program, uh, and then as far as purchasing vehicles, there's uh, there's a couple of things that that are in play. Um, so there's provincial rebates, um, so you can get up to four thousand dollars for for a battery electric vehicle, fully electric vehicle, uh, or a plug-in hybrid that that gets over eighty-five kilometers to a charge. Um, and then for ones that are under that, um, there's a $2,000 rebate for plug-in hybrids. Um, of course, there's a, there's a price, price threshold and, uh, to these of $55,000. So anything over $55,000 doesn't qualify for the, uh, for the provincial rebates um, as far as the manufacturer's suggested real retail price goes. And then uh, the, the federal rebate... Um, uh, we'll do $5,000 for a fully electric vehicle and uh, up to $2,500 for, for plug-in hybrids. So there's, you know, up to a total of $9,000, uh, depending on the vehicle you purchase. And um, the provincial one is, you know, they put in uh, an income test on the provincial one now, so right. uh, it can be a bit of a sliding scale. 
Right, right. And and quickly explain the, the federal luxury tax and how that impacts a car sale. Um, well, the federal, federal luxury tax kicks in at over $100,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you get over $120,000, then you get what they call a super luxury tax. So uh, it's only um, really in for, uh, for true high-end luxury vehicles on the federal front. Um, the provincial government still has a luxury tax um, that stair steps up starting at $55,000, which is, you know, uh, the New Car Dealers Association has been... <clears throat> you know, kind of working with the provincial government uh, to to try and um, make them understand that, you know, $55,000 is not a luxury vehicle anymore. Um, you know, most of the vehicles, most new vehicles sold now um, fall within the luxury tax category, which is a little bit crazy. Um, you know, a, a basic model uh, pickup truck is over $55,000. So, you know, for a for a basic model pickup truck, unfortunately, you're, you know, you're creeping into luxury, uh, luxury tax territory um, as far as the provincial government goes. But, um, you know, most of the vehicles we have don't really fall into the, <clears throat> except for the very high end pickup trucks and Cadillac Escalades and things like that don't really fall into the federal um, rebate program. I mean, that that was designed to truly capture kind of the uh, exotic vehicles the you know the ferraris the etc etc right we're talking to james carter from the carter auto family he's the president of carter gm north shore.com i want to ask you about uh, the old-fashioned combustion engines because they're still they're still around uh but also i i want to ask you if somebody comes onto the lot and say it's a I, i picture like a big guy and uh, he needs to be uh, convinced about an electric vehicle. And uh, you want to sort of show him what is available to for an electric vehicle. What do you show him to really impress the the macho guy who really needs to be sold on the electric vehicle? Well, we just um, started receiving. We've received two of them so far. Um, and we have one available for test driving uh, is the new Chevy Blazer um SRT or SR RS, sorry, RS uh, electric vehicle, which is uh, um, you know a real kind of performance midsize SUV. It's not you know it's it's not the small um, kind of vehicles that people think of as an electric vehicle. It's a good full well midsize, not full size. I mean uh, electric electric SUV, um, but we do have you know the full size ones coming. So your, your Chevy Tahoes and your Cadillac Escalades and the GMC Yukons, they're also going to be coming in electric very soon. So the Escalade is coming next year. Uh, and then shortly after that, we'll follow the Tahoe and the, and the GMC Yukon. And um, they're spectacular. I was at a conference, uh, a U.S. conference uh, down in Las Vegas about a month ago, and they had some of them there, not for public public viewing but i was incredibly impressed they're really really impressive right and lots of power lots of power lots of range lots of towing capacity which is one of the things that people have always had a uh, a concern with with uh with electric vehicles is the towing capacity so um 
that's uh, going to be alleviated completely. The new Chevy uh, Silverado, I mean, the Ford Lightning has been out as an electric truck for the last uh, year and a half or so. Um, we now have the new Silverado coming and the new uh, Sierra coming as well uh, on the electric, tr- uh, electric truck side of things. Um, and I got to drive those when I was at this conference as well. It was, uh, it was lots of fun. And, uh, and the range is incredible, over 500 kilometers. And, uh, and they should be able to, you know, easily um, fulfill all the needs of anybody who's buying a pickup truck. Right. And save you a ton on gas. But uh, speaking of gas, um, there are still lots of uh, internal combustion engines on the lot. Um, you know, what's the, what's the state of, of that now? People still are buying regular old-fashioned cars, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, most people are still buying regular old-fashioned cars, the, what we refer to as ICE vehicles, the internal combustion engine vehicles. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it comes down to affordability, well, availability of the electric vehicles and the affordability because the, the um, you know, the internal combustion engine vehicles are, are more easily to be produced uh, at a mass uh, mass production level. Um, the batteries for electric vehicles are still the most expensive part of the vehicle. So if you took if you took an A and a B and uh, two identical vehicles and put them next to e- each other, the you know the battery electric vehicle is going to be um, it's going to be more expensive. So you know, especially in these days of of people being budget conscious and and um, you know, higher interest rates, although the interest rates seem to have stabilized now and are even forecast to sort of maybe come down a little within the next 12 months. Um, you know, people are looking for affordability. So the available of the availability of these small, um, small SUVs and small crossovers um, fit right into sort of the sweet spot of where most people are looking to spend for these vehicles. Right. And in the last minute or so that we have, what's the state of uh, used cars? Uh, I know it was a challenge finding good used cars, but is that easing up? Um, still a challenge finding good used cars. Um, you know, there there's availability, but it tends to be, uh, you know, the, the, the price level of the used cars has still remained high. So it's starting to come down a little bit, but, um, you know, availability, it's, it's one of those... Uh, uh, you know, availability and pricing conundrums where, where there's not very many. Obviously, the the price is higher, and a lot of people during COVID were hanging onto their vehicles for longer. Um, but we're starting to find that people are now trading in. Uh, we've had lots of people who have been waiting to trade in their cars over the last year, but they haven't been able to get what they wanted as far as a new car. So we're finally starting to get to that point, and uh, we're starting to see some nice vehicles on the lot. Mm-hmm. So lots of opportunities, no matter what kind of car or truck you are uh, interested in. You can go to cartergmnorthshore.com. Uh, Carter GM North Shore is part of the Carter Auto family. They're at uh, carterauto.com. And James Carter has been our guest president of Carter GM North Shore. Uh, thanks for talking to us. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Martin. Thanks so much for giving, giving me the opportunity. Right on. James Carter from the Carter Auto family. Uh, I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, shopping on a Sunday, we kind of take it for granted. 
But it wasn't that long ago that stores simply weren't allowed to open on Sundays. It was the law in Greater Vancouver and all of Canada. And it was quite the struggle to change that. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Well, yesterday was Black Friday, the biggest consumer day of the year in North America, and it's really the starting gun to kick off the Christmas shopping season. You can see it in the malls and shops this weekend, and I'm sure tomorrow will be busier than usual as well. And if you go buy anything tomorrow, remember, it's Sunday. And there was a time in Vancouver when shopping on Sunday was pretty much against the law. Nowadays, here in the Lower Mainland, we take it for granted that you can walk into a store on a Sunday and get what you need. So it's hard to believe that up until 1980, most stores were technically not allowed to be open on Sunday. That was according to a federal law known as the Lord's Day Act. It was enacted in 1906, and it stipulated that, quote, No business was permitted to sell or offer for sale or purchase any goods, chattel, or other personal property. So where did people go when they needed to buy chattel on a Sunday? Uh, By the way, I had to look that up. Chattel is defined as any item of property other than real estate. I'm glad I looked it up because I always thought chattel had something to do with cows. I guess because it sounds like cattle. But anyway, the law against Sunday shopping went into effect in 1906. But over the years, a lot of people tried to get around it. In 1932, 12 store managers, 12 florists, and two vegetable dealers in Vancouver were charged with keeping their stores open. And it really heated up in the 70s when a bunch of stores in Gastown refused to close on Sundays. And by 1979, Vancouver was one of the only places in the Lower Mainland to enforce Sunday shopping laws. That was the city of Vancouver. Places like Richmond, Burnaby, and North Van were all leaving it up to the merchants. And in Calgary, they removed Sunday shopping restrictions back in 1972, completely ignoring the federal law. But here in BC, even our then Attorney General, Gardy Gardam, didn't take the law very seriously. He called the Lord's Day Act archaic, unworkable, and ineffective, and he refused to prosecute any shop owner who didn't close on Sundays. But finally, in 1982, on November 20th, when all the stores were getting ready for the Christmas rush, Vancouver voters chose by a majority, 58.2%, to allow shops to open on Sundays in the city. Many were still against it, though. Even some shop owners, John Wallace, the manager of the BC Retail Merchants Association of Canada, was quoted in the newspaper as saying, quote, BC has always been a place where families could be together on Sundays, where people could go to the beach or go skiing. So it was up until 1982, you could go skiing on Sundays. You just couldn't buy the skis on a Sunday. 
I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're here every Saturday afternoon from 2 to 4 p.m. Thanks in a huge part to our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. Stick around. The news on CKNW is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.